Good morning. Did you know that you can buy treated sewage to use as fertilizer on a farm? Well, some people over in Luckett's do, and county supervisors are doing the little bit that they can about it. For Friday, December 14th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. Hey, remember this phrase, rubber duckies. If at the end of the day you don't remember a single ad you saw today, but you still remember the phrase rubber duckies, well, that's the power of advertising on the Morning Minute. No distractions, no competitors, just your message. Drop us a line at sales at loudonnow.com or visit us at loudonnow.com slash advertise. And remember, rubber duckies. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rens Green. Faced with limited local authority on regulating using treated sewage for fertilizer, the Board of Supervisors Finance Committee has recommended a special team to make sure Loudoners at least know when that fertilizer is going to be going in next door. Twice this year, county supervisors took briefings from local and state officials on the use of treated sewage fertilizer, or biosolids, on farmland, which is regulated by the State Department of Environmental Quality. They found out that the county government has very little authority to do anything about it. All Loudoun County can do is set up a local monitoring program to report violations and complaints back up to the state. In some cases, they can also regulate the storage of biosolids. This has become a hot topic again recently after biosolids were spread on a farm in Luckett's, and it has come up before in Loudoun. In 2008, people living near Waterford said they had fallen ill because of biosolids spread in their neighborhoods and called for a ban. It smells about like you would expect. In October, Neil Zaratka, the manager of the Office of Land Applications Programs in the state's biosolids program, said the number of complaints around that farm in Luckett's is unusual. He said last year there were 23 total complaints across the state, so the fact that 18 of them came from around that farm is an anomaly. County staff looked into launching that local monitoring program but found that without any authority to enact any restrictions tighter than the restrictions from the state, a local monitoring program is not likely to give Loudoners any additional protections. So instead, they recommended a technical team to notify neighbors when the state receives an application to spread biosolids and to make sure the state considers the special conditions of the site when it deliberates that application. Supervisor Ralph Bona said that is a much better approach that is proactive instead of reactive, and that it will notify neighbors uh, when permits to spread biosolids come in. Farmers are usually required to apply to the state to spread biosolids. According to state code, the county is notified of applications to spread biosolids and can offer recommendations as those applications are considered. The county is also supposed to be notified 100 days before the biosolids are actually spread. The State Joint Legislative Audit and Review Commission reported on biosolids in 2017, finding the health risk to neighbors is low. According to the DEQ, in Virginia, biosolids are most often used to fertilize hay, pasture, forests, and grain crops. They're restricted, to, uh, they're restricted in vegetable crops to prevent food contamination, and livestock are not allowed to graze pastures fertilized with biosolids until at least 30 days after the application. The state reported in 2015 that biosolids had been used on about 65,000 acres in Virginia, which is less than 1% of Virginia's farmland. Biosolids are also generally cheaper than commercial fertilizer. Go to loudnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story.
In other news, the debate continues as the school board gets closer to a vote on its policies for restraining and secluding students. The board is scheduled to take a vote on January 8th on policies recommended by an ad hoc committee on special education, but school leaders are still debating what those rules should be. At a school board meeting Tuesday, Assistant Superintendent of Pupil Services, Asia Jones, asked that the school system's new policy include a sentence that states, LCPS is working toward the elimination of the use of seclusion and restraint procedures while recognizing they may be used as a last resort in limited situations. Members of the Special Education Advisory Council also requested an amendment to the policy, which they said doesn't go far enough. Special Education Advisory Council Vice Chair Sharon Troff, who is on that ad hoc committee as well, recommended the policy completely prohibit the use of seclusion. She said the proposed policy as written does a good job of defining restraint, but does not provide the same level of specificity for seclusion. And she said that is a significant area of concern for SEAC. She cited a 2015 report from the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights that counted 13 cases of seclusion in Loudoun County schools, all of them special education students. The Special Education Advisory Council, SEAC, is in favor of behavior management techniques recommended by the Positive Behavioral Interventions and Supports Program, which suggests cool-down areas that are not locked but still allow for a student or a situation or a student's emotions to de-escalate. The Ad Hoc Committee on Special Education, by the way, is a 19-member working group created by the school board to scrutinize the school system's special education practices and recommend improvements. The board created the Ad Hoc Committee after the school system was accused of restraining special education students and secluding some students for hours at a time. School board member Joy Maloney suggested sending this policy back to committee to find a language that more people can agree on, but the majority of board members voted to hash it out on the dais on January 8th. Our ACE education reporter and managing editor Danielle Nadler will no doubt be there, so stay tuned. Metropolitan Washington Airport's Authority Executive Vice President and Chief Operating Officer Margaret E. McCuff plans to depart for the private sector after a 20-year tenure. McCuff directs operations at the D.C. region's two major airports and is responsible for the Authority's Public Safety Division, which includes the airport police, fire, and emergency medical response functions, totaling more than 1,300 employees. McCuff will remain at the airport's authority through the end of January before joining Pasley Management Group of Fort Worth, Texas, a professional management firm serving airport owners on large, complex capital development projects. McCuff came to the airport's authority in 1998 from Sky Harbor International Airport in Phoenix. She served as MWA's vice president for business administration before being named named a chief operating officer in 2004. She is also the 2018 president of the Aero Club of Washington, one of the nation's oldest and most active aviation industry groups, and is on the board of directors of the Airport Cooperative Research Program, an organization sponsored by the Federal Aviation Administration to develop solutions to issues facing the airport industry. And the Leesburg Town Council has given town manager Kai Dentler a raise and a contract extension. Council members Tuesday voted 6-0-1 to 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 extend the town manager's contract another two years to October 4th, 2020, and increase his pay by 3%. That 3% salary bump is worth almost $6,000 and brings his total annual compensation to $196,226.50. 
Dentler has been Leesburg's town manager since October 2014, but his career with the town began well before that. He joined the town's Park and Recreation Department in 1996 and led the department for over a decade before moving to deputy town manager in 2007. He took over the town's top post after the previous town manager, John Wells, retired. Councilman Tom Dunn, the one in that 601, abstained from the vote and noted he was uh, only doing that because he was not present because of an illness for the closed session where the council and Dentler discussed his annual performance review. Had he been present, he said, he probably would have voted for the salary increase. Get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com. On today's Get Out Loudon calendar, singer, songwriter, and producer Tamara Wellens has performed everything from hymns to house music on prestigious national and international stages like London's Jazz Cafe, DC's Blues Alley, the Kennedy Center of the Performing Arts, Winter Music Conference, and the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts, and she'll be at Atlantis and Sterling tonight at 7 p.m. The Amish Outlaws' amazing and incredible holiday spectacular will be at Tally Ho Theater in Leesburg at 7 p.m. Most of them grew up Amish, and now they're making up for all the music they missed. And the Loudon Center Theater in Leesburg is putting on a Christmas carol tonight at 7.30 p.m. Reservations at www.thelct.org. Get the details on these events, and check out the rest of the events calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, form a special technical committee to advise all your neighbors whenever a new episode comes out, tell all your friends, and subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great weekend, and have a great day. Music